At the end of this episode, I will announce a giveaway of a copy of Call of Duty Vanguard. Stick around until the end for more information. On September 1st, 2021, the House Armed Services Committee of the United States House of Representatives voted to require adult women to register with the Selective Service System. The Selective Service System was established back in 1917, requiring American men between the ages of 18 and 45 to register to potentially be conscripted into the U.S. military upon executive order of a draft. There has not been a military draft in the U.S. since 1972, the last of which took place in the midst of the Vietnam War. To this day, only men are eligible for conscription, although the aforementioned House bill that would change this is making its way through Congress. Currently, there are eight nations that actively draft women into the military alongside men. Bolivia, Chad, Eritrea, Israel, Mozambique, North Korea, Norway, and Sweden. Of those nations, only Norway and Sweden conscript men and women on equal terms, while the others require men to serve for longer periods of time than women. Historically, women in the military have almost exclusively served in support roles, such as nursing and cooking. To serve in combat roles in the American Revolution and the American Civil War, many women successfully cross-dressed to pass as men. World War I was the first conflict in which women were permitted to enlist in the U.S. military, but exclusively as nurses. As I mentioned in the Operation Just Cause episode, the 1989 invasion of Panama saw U.S. Army Captain Linda Bray become the first woman to lead American troops into battle. However, even Bray was not technically permitted to partake in ground combat, as women were barred from ground combat even through the 1993 Gulf War. The war in Afghanistan and war in Iraq saw the first instances of women being allowed to serve in U.S. military ground combat roles, and in 2016, the ban on women in the Air Force Special Operations Command was removed, meaning that, for the first time, every U.S. military role was open to women. However, some other countries were ahead of the game with women in combat. During World War II, British and German women manned anti-aircraft cannons, and female SS officers even oversaw the Nazi concentration camps and death camps. The Soviet Union, meanwhile, was the only country that put women on the front lines of battle in World War II. Women served as infantry, medics, and, most importantly for this episode, snipers. As you most likely already know, a sniper, or sharpshooter, is a soldier trained to engage hostile targets from a long-range distance. Generally, there is a heavy emphasis on snipers to be stealthy, so snipers will usually be concealed or camouflaged in some way so as not to give away their position. Today, snipers use high-powered rifles with extremely accurate telescopic sights, but this has not always been the case. The first firearms were far too inaccurate to facilitate sharpshooting, but as technology improved, more impressive marksmanship became possible. The first recorded sniper kill, which occurred during the English Civil War, was that of Roundhead Commander Robert Greville, who was hit by a musket shot fired by an unidentified Cavalier soldier hiding in a bell tower in Litchfield, Staffordshire. 
At the Battle of Saratoga during the American Revolution, Continental Army sniper Timothy Murphy killed British General Simon Fraser, playing a major role in the crucial American victory at the battle. In 1864, the first ever sniper kill from a farther than a thousand meters away was recorded at the Battle of Charleston during the American Civil War by an unidentified Confederate sniper using a Whitworth rifle. Snipers became commonplace during World War I and World War II, as well as the Korean War and Vietnam War, and most of the longest sniper kills have been recorded during the War on Terror. This includes the nearly 2,000-meter shot fired by the late Navy SEAL Chris Kyle during the Iraq War. Kyle, famous for his autobiography American Sniper, is the most prolific American sniper of all time, with over 150 confirmed kills to his name. However, even Kyle doesn't compare to the deadliest sniper in world history, Finnish Army sniper Simo Haiha. During the 1939-1940 Winter War, Haiha killed over 500 Soviet soldiers. Presumably to the chagrin of Haiha, however, another important marksmanship record is held by a Soviet soldier. I'm going to tell you all about her right now on Historia Obscura. Welcome to Historia Obscura. This is the 50th episode of this podcast, and I really can't believe Historia Obscura has reached this point. I certainly would not have made it this far without all of your support, so give yourselves all a pat on the back. Special thank you to Patreon subscribers Barbara and Tom. If you want to receive a shout-out in every episode, among other benefits, help support this podcast by going to patreon.com slash historiaobscura and becoming a patron. One more thing, make sure to stick around for a little to hear a message about the sponsor of this episode of Historia Obscura, Anchor. If you want to make your own podcast, you'll want to know everything about how to use Anchor. Ludmila Mikhailovna Belova was born on July 12, 1916, in Bila located within the Russian Empire's Kiev government, part of present-day Ukraine. Her mother was a schoolteacher, while her father was a factory worker who had moved from St. Petersburg. As a child, Ludmila was known for being rambunctious and unruly in the classroom. She was also extremely competitive, especially when it came to athletics, and she refused to be outdone by her male peers in soccer and ice hockey. Soon, she developed a love for shooting as a result. In her words, quote, When a neighbor's boy boasted of his exploits at a shooting range, I set out to show that a girl could do as well, so I practice a lot. She quickly earned a marksmanship certificate, but she faced heavy pressure from family to marry a man who could financially support her. In 1932, at the age of 16, Ludmila married Alexei Pavlichenko, with whom she had a son. Within a year of marriage, however, the Pavlichenkos divorced. In 1937, Ludmila Pavlichenko enrolled at Kiev University, where she studied history with the intention of becoming a teacher. 
She was also on the university's track and field team, and she continued to improve her marksmanship by taking classes at a school for Red Army snipers. Well on her way to a successful career in education, and having left her unhappy marriage, the 24-year-old Pavlichenko was very happy with her life. But then, something big happened that would change Pavlichenko's life forever. On June 22, 1941, Nazi Germany carried out Operation Barbarossa, an invasion of the Soviet Union. When news of this betrayal from the USSR's former ally broke, Pavlichenko reported to a recruiting office and volunteered to join the Red Army. As she was a woman, the Army recruiters pushed Pavlichenko to become a nurse in a field hospital. After Pavlichenko provided the recruiters with her marksmanship certificate, they reluctantly allowed her to demonstrate her skills to be considered for combat service. The recruiters brought Pavlichenko to a field where they had spotted two camouflaged Romanian soldiers who were working for the Nazis. Pavlichenko immediately took them out with one shot each. This impressed the recruiters, and they allowed Pavlichenko to enlist as a sniper. Later on, Pavlichenko publicly stated that she did not include those two Romanian soldiers in her kill count, as, quote, they were just test shots. At the time, however, the Red Army was plagued by weapon shortages, meaning that Pavlichenko could not be issued a rifle. Instead, she was only given two frag grenades and a bayonet to defend herself. On August 8, 1941, Pavlichenko was on the front lines in the Battle of Leningrad when one of her comrades was mortally wounded by two German soldiers. As he lay dying on the ground, the soldier gave his Mosin Nagant bolt-action rifle to Pavlichenko. In what she would later describe as a baptism of fire, Pavlichenko immediately killed the two German soldiers who had killed her comrade. She had earned her first combat kill as a sniper, and for the rest of the war, she would use her fallen comrades Mosin Nagant to wreak havoc on Nazi Germany and their allies. Ludmila Pavlichenko racked up a majority of her kills during the Battle of Odessa in autumn of 1941. Over the two and a half months that the battle took place, Pavlichenko killed 187 German and Romanian soldiers. This included one German soldier who Pavlichenko stalked for 72 hours straight before, in Pavlichenko's words, he made one move too many. During the Battle of Odessa, Pavlichenko married Alexei Kitsenko, a fellow Red Army sniper. Just days after they married, however, Kitsenko was killed in action by a mortar shell. On October 15, 1941, the Nazi-allied Romanians took control of Odessa, and Pavlichenko was evacuated alongside her unit, although not before she was promoted to senior sergeant. She was then assigned to the Battle of Sevastopol on the Crimean Peninsula. Over the course of this battle, Pavlichenko killed over 100 more Axis soldiers, and the Red Army began using her to train new recruits in marksmanship. 
After she was promoted to the rank of lieutenant in May of 1942, German officers attempted to bribe Pavlichenko into deserting and joining the German army, which she refused. During her military service, Pavlichenko killed a total of 309 enemy soldiers, making her the deadliest female sniper of all time and earning her the nickname Lady Death. But one month after her promotion, in June of 1942, Pavlichenko was gravely wounded by a mortar shell. Her jaw was shattered by shrapnel, and she was left in critical condition, making many wonder if time was up for Russia's most famous female soldier. After spending one month in the hospital, Pavlichenko made a miraculous recovery. However, she was devastated upon learning that she would never be able to fight in ground combat again. Instead, she was hired as a propagandist for the Red Army. Around this time, the Soviet Union was desperate for the Western Allies to open up a second front against Nazi Germany in North Africa to take the burden off of the Soviets. Pavlichenko was sent to the U.S. in an attempt to persuade President Franklin Roosevelt to send American troops to North Africa. In Washington, D.C., Pavlichenko became the first Soviet ever hosted by a U.S. president. She also formed a close friendship with First Lady Eleanor Roosevelt, who was also known for breaking political barriers as a woman. Unfortunately, not many others treated Pavlichenko with the same respect. Rather than focusing on her combat experience, the American reporters who spoke to Pavlichenko were too concerned with asking if she was able to wear nail polish and curl her hair while on the front lines. She rebuked them by saying, quote, I am 25 years old and I have killed 309 fascist invaders by now. Don't you think, gentlemen, that you have been hiding behind my back for too long? Ultimately, Pavlichenko's visit was a success, as just months later, the U.S. military began Operation Torch, an invasion of Nazi-occupied Vichy French Morocco. For the rest of her life, Pavlichenko would be plagued by post-traumatic stress disorder, as well as survivor's guilt over the death of her husband during the Battle of Odessa. As a result, she struggled with alcoholism in her later years. Then, on October 10th, 1974, Lyudmila Pavlichenko died from a stroke in Moscow at the age of 58. She was posthumously awarded the distinction of Hero of the Soviet Union. Today, Pavlichenko is heavily memorialized in Russia and to a lesser extent around the world. Prior to her death in 1946, American folk singer Woody Guthrie recorded a song in Camden, New Jersey, entitled Miss Pavlichenko, in honor of Lady Death herself. Although Pavlichenko is seen as a pioneer of women in the military, the door she opened would be a bloody one. Throughout World War II, the Red Army would recruit over 2,000 more female snipers. Less than 500 of these women would live to see the end of the war. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Historia Obscura. I am so happy that this podcast has been around for 50 episodes. 
As a reward for my loyal listeners, and in honor of Miss Poplichenko, I will be giving away a copy of Call of Duty Vanguard, which was released earlier this month. In the Vanguard campaign, which takes place during World War II, you play as Soviet civilian-turned-sniper Polina Petrova, a fictional character based on Ludmila Pavlichenko. If you want to win a free copy of Call of Duty Vanguard, available on PC, Xbox, and PlayStation, follow the instructions in the description of Historia Obscura's most recent Instagram post. Best of luck to all who enter this giveaway. If you want to suggest an episode of Historia Obscura, send me a voice message at anchor.fm slash historiaobscura slash message. Feel free to leave your name and location, and if I like your idea, I'll make an episode of it and give you credit. Additionally, if you want to support this podcast, go to patreon.com slash historiaobscura and become a patron. And of course, I can't go without once again thanking this episode's sponsor, Anchor. They are by far the easiest way to make a podcast, so if you want to make your own, go to anchor.fm. With that said, this is Jack from Historia Obscura, signing off, but not for long.